Hello, I'm Jeffrey Meshlove. Today, I'd like to talk about the Necromantion and the Psychomantium. These are terms relative to the work of Raymond Moody, my friend who is the author of a famous book. I think 20 million copies have been sold by now, Life After Life, in which he really introduced to, to the medical world and the scientific world in general the concept of the near-death experience. And subsequently, it's enfolded uh, Enfolded isn't the right word. Subsequently, it has unfolded into a major movement, including an international association and a journal and many, many scholars now interested in the question of near-death experiences from spiritual perspectives and from biological perspectives and parapsychological perspectives. Well, Moody went on, and uh, he's also a philosopher and a scholar of ancient cultures, and he noted, for example, in Homer's Odyssey, that there's a section in which Odysseus, who is eager to get back home, uh, participates in a ritual that enables him to contact the spirits, or the shades, as I think they may have been referred to, of the Greek warriors, and Achilles and the other warriors come to him and give him various advice about how he will eventually uh, return home and what obstacles he will have to face. And then at the end of this scene in Homer, so many uh, shades are eager to talk to the living that uh, Odysseus becomes overwhelmed and has to flee from the experience. Now, Moody was also aware of the fact that in the ancient Greek culture, there were said to be temples, underground temples. In fact, even uh, like villages that where everybody lived underground. And these were places that have now been excavated where people would come, aspirants who wished to communicate with the deceased. They went through various rituals, purifications, sacrifices, and eventually they were taken to an underground chamber where there was a big basin and it was highly polished or in some instances perhaps filled with water so that the surface was a reflecting surface in either case, like crystal gazing perhaps. And it was in a dark underground cavern, dimly lit, and people would gaze into this basin and experience communication, presumably, with their deceased loved ones who would appear to them in the shiny surface of the basin. Based on this knowledge, Moody began experimenting with a device that he called the psychomantium. Now, I say a device, but actually the room that I'm in right now, this studio, could function as a psychomantium. It's really a room or a small enclosed chamber. It needs to be almost completely dark, ideally perhaps completely dark, but a tiny little amount of light would be okay. And then in the room is placed a mirror. So the process works like this. Now, let me explain. Moody called it a psychomantium, not a necromantion. In other words, from his point of view as a psychiatrist, this is not necessarily, uh, or for any reason in his mind, 
evidential of survival after death. He regarded it largely as a vehicle for grief counseling. And the way um, he would approach the psychomantium is that people would come for counseling. They would have at least one lengthy counseling session, perhaps several, maybe two to four hours of counseling, two two-hour sessions, let us say, or at least one two-hour session in which they would talk about why they wish to have communication with a departed loved one, not presumably a loved one. I mean, I suppose you it might be a like a, a police detective wishing to speak with a deceased victim in order to learn uh, who committed a murder. But uh, that's really not the purpose, to my knowledge, to which it has ever been put. But uh, so there's counseling involved in which a person talks in detail about the uh, deceased loved one and incomplete communications that may exist. It's a form of preparation for entering into this darkened room. And then people go into the room and sit there, and usually for at least two hours, in the dark room with the mirror. And studies have been done now. I think there are probably half a dozen or more research papers that have been published on this approach. In one study with seven participants, all seven of them experienced some level of what they thought to be an altered state of consciousness involving for them uh, communication with their deceased loved one. In Another study that I'm aware of, there were 100 participants, and 63% of them reported some level of communication. Now, sometimes that communication is incredibly vivid, and Raymond Moody himself reported on an instance, and this is quite unusual, I think. He spent a few hours in the psychomantium. Nothing happened. And then he came out, and as I recall, it was a few hours later, or perhaps even the next day, he walked into his living room in his house in broad daylight, and there, sitting on a sofa, was a deceased aunt of his. And he came, and he sat down with her, and they had a conversation that went on for about an hour and a half, and he felt that she was solid, physically present, although uh, he didn't touch her, to my recollection. But they had this very intense communication. And then he got up to leave, and he turned around to look, and she was gone. Very, very vivid apparition. Uh, now, when you ask him about it, he will say he regards this experience as completely psychological, that it uh, offers no evidence whatsoever of survival. But in the history of psychical research, there are many studies having to do with apparitions, and many of them are quite suggestive of survival, and or, or also suggestive that living individuals are also capable of projecting an apparition of themselves. Now, what is the lesson for you in all of this? Do you have a deceased loved one where you feel like there might be incomplete communication? How difficult would it be for you to create a psychomantium, a darkened room that you could sit in with or without a mirror? I don't know how important the mirror really is, since the room is dark anyway. 
for two hours. Would it be a good thing for you to do? Would it be good for you to have some counseling or a friend to talk to, to help you go through the experience and also, I should say, to process afterwards? Because the uh, psychological digestion and integration of these experiences is probably just as important as the experience itself. I believe that uh, we don't know for sure whether uh, the psychomantium can produce actual veridical evidence of survival or not. I think more research needs to be done be above and beyond the handful of published papers. But I'm sharing this with you now because I think it's not at all difficult to create a psychomantium, and some of you may indeed wish to do so. Thank you for being with me.